1: in the biggest way possible hanging out the bad broken it about a bad apple with a bad attitude hanging around about the bad out of bad tape bad 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 we are live in the pharrella palatial right across the river and through the woods from where granny picked up her ultra sour and a fresh bottle of jamo at the liquor store in new york city the big apple Ooh. People dressed in plastic bags, directing traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do it. All my friends that come around, floods up, floods of party oh, rats on the west side, bedbugs uptown, what a mess, the sounds, the tatter, my brains are splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake out. Hey, what's gigging? It's Pharrell with Mafia tonight on uh, the bench. We got uh, Rick Harrow coming up with our uh, sports business uh, look at uh, top tech, top uh, people in sports. And also, uh, that's coming up this hour. Next hour, in hour number two, Joe Lisi from Grid talking college football. I have to say, um, I'm watching the, uh, you know, obviously I'm watching the Penguins game with the Canadians, and it's one nothing after two periods, and I'm watching the Lakers and Jazz game. It's uh, Jazz by one. What about uh, 3.48 left in the second in the bubble so here's the deal i mean to tell you i'm gonna have a heart attack i'm gonna have a heart attack i'm just absolutely losing my shack watching the penguins ass power play oh my god i mean it is unbelievable to me how bad their power play is i mean they can't even get a shot off They even had a five on three for 26 seconds and they didn't even get close to getting a shot off. They are so bad against this Montreal team. They're up one nothing on a Crosby goal. They're just waiting to lose again.
2: Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast. Checking in with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys. And I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I wanna be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man, we, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In With Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In With Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, the church of Pharrell's rock and you can get on the live chat on uh YouTube just search sports grid radio click Pharrell on the bench and then get in the chat church of Pharrell style so uh, I guess anything goes in there mafia would have to tell me it seems like anything goes for once is that accurate mafia anything goes in there because uh, I can't no. bear to what do you mean no, no
3: so yeah so you just got to be you know careful with your language and uh Watch what you're saying to people because you could get kicked out.
1: Oh, uh, because of uh YouTube?
3: YouTube or whoever's, you know, watching it. People who are watching it for you know for our network don't want to see that kind of stuff. So they might kick you out, some people.
1: Who said that? Like I don't even know, I don't even know what you're talking about. Like it's,
3: it's a lot of happen. Yeah. You, know, you know, some people just start flipping out, cursing people out or say talking too much trash, letting it get a little personal, and they'll get kicked out. It's just the way it goes. Yeah, keep it classy always.
1: How about keep it assy? How does that sound? Uh, anyway, the Penguins power play is assy, it's rather assy with the uh, 0 for 5 on the power play. I mean, uh, here's the deal like, and if you can't even see this, it's you're an idiot because Montreal is just playing dirty. Uh, that's it. They're, the One guy uh, has three penalties by himself and he got a uh, they've got like two slashings, a hooking, a high stick. They've done everything they're doing. Uh, it's cheap shot city, but no big deal. That's what they want to do. They want to get rough with them and they want to get chippy and physical and nasty and clog them up and and you know hit Crosby every chance they can, which is fine. They're doing all that. But what's happening is, and that and and I'm right, they are doing it. And they're giving up the uh the man advantage. They're giving them a power play. They're just saying here, go ahead, try to score on price. Because they know they have figured out uh it's pretty obvious to me that the Penguins power play is is just a joke. I mean, that's it. They know that they cannot score on Carey Price. So the the Canadians can't match the Penguins talent-wise, depth-wise, line-wise, anything. But they can uh, harass them all night, and they can beg them to try to score on Price, and they can't score. I can't even believe... I can't even fathom Crosby scored a goal a minute into the game. I couldn't even believe it because they will not score five goals in this whole g-damn series. I guarantee it because they are so anemic against Price. It's like so obvious. I mean, turn on the game. All you have to do is watch. They have no chance of scoring goals. They they can't score. It, it's it's not happening. They're not going to score. This is, you know their worst nightmare playing this team because they got one guy on the whole team that can play. One guy. I mean, I know they keep trying to sell us Domi and Gallagher and all these hacks. That's what they are. They're hacks. But it's Price that they can't beat. Carey Price can beat the Penguins by himself. We knew that going into the series. We knew that they were going to have problems with him. And sure enough, that's exactly what they have. They have a massive problem on their hands because they can't score goals. I can't even believe they have a goal in the game, which will not hold up. I will keel over if they win this game one nothing. I'll keel over because you know what's going to happen. Montreal's going to tie the game, and then they're going to beat them in overtime, just like they did the other night. Because they've hung around, and they've frustrated them. The Penguins have outshot them, I think, like 29-13. to 13. They've had five power plays. They can't do anything right. And it's the same old story, too, when I watch uh, these games it, with these linesmen and their face-offs. Oh, my God. They just wave off everyone. They never drop the Pharrell and Puck, ever. It's been going on for years. The faceoffs you know what the faceoffs have become in the NHL? They've become baseball. You know how baseball, they, they just take forever. To, the guy, you know, the pitcher takes forever. The batter takes even longer than forever. The batter, after every pitch, has to step out of the batter's box, fix his gloves, fix his helmet, fix his onions, fix his feet, dig in again. I mean, it takes all night to play a baseball game. That's what it Uh, takes to drop a puck on a face-off in the NHL. These linesmen are so irrelevant. They're so irrelevant in the game. They don't matter. The only one that matters are the two refs, right? They call the penalties. And then the other two guys are worthless. So all they do is they got to get their name and they got to get their face on TV. So they, they take five minutes every time they drop a Pharrell and puck. Mafia, you can't even make it up. Watch the Ranger games with the Canes. Watch the Penguin game. I don't care what series. Vegas, they won tonight over Dallas. They were down 3-1. They won 5-3. But it takes 15 minutes every game to drop pucks. I mean, maybe 20. Maybe 25 minutes worth of face-offs. Have you ever seen anything like it? You can't even you can't even deny that I'm even remotely wrong. You can't even argue with it.
3: No, I can't deny it, because you're absolutely right, 100%. It takes them forever. And like you said, it's always, you know, like they got to keep the order in the, little, the circle there. Like, oh, no, you started too early. Now you go to the corner and send somebody else in. Oh, wait, 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 guys, one second. It's like, you know, when you, like, have the treat for the dog and they're trying to grab it before you want to give it to them. Like, that's what they're right. doing. It's like they're toying with these guys in the circle. Just drop the puck and let it play.
1: Right, and then they wave off two, three guys every, every drop, every face-off, they wave off two, three guys. And it's just the biggest waste of human flesh ever. I don't even know why they have them on the ice. I really don't. They should have one linesman that plays both lines, both blue lines. He just skates, you know, 30 feet, whatever it is, back and forth. That's his only job. They don't fight anymore in the NHL, so they're not out there to break up fights like they used to in the old days. You Remember in the old days, they had one ref and two linesmen. That was it. I've never seen anything like it. If you listen to my broadcast from 09 when the Penguins beat the Red Wings, and it's not safe for work, it's the filthiest, foulest, most repulsive, disgusting, uh, bad language broadcast you've ever heard in your life because that was on Howard 101 on Sirius XM. No rules, no censorship, and it's just filled with abusive language. So don't ever play it in front of kids or at work. You'll get fired. But if you pull up Pharrell Call's Game 7 of 2009 Stanley Cup Finals, Detroit, Pittsburgh, you'll hear me. Over the length of that broadcast, screaming and cussing about the refs not, uh, the linesmen not dropping the pucks on faceoffs. I mean, you'll hear the worst language you've ever heard in your life. I think you'll love the tape. I mean, it's just incredible. The broadcast is incredibly
3: Scott, the teams are actually using it as strategy now. Like, you know how you have like the NFL where you go and you send the guys out like you're going to go for it on fourth down and you're just trying to draw them off. sides. I was like, that's what they're doing now in the NHL because these guys toss guys out of the circle so much. I heard it in the Ranger game on Saturday when I was listening to the radio station. They're like, yo, he doesn't usually take face off. So I think they're just sending him in there to try to draw the canes off. And then when he got tossed, the actual guy came in and took it. Like that's The teams are using this now. It's so ridiculous how these refs delay the game with tossing people out of the circle.
1: Well, I mean, it's just unbelievable to me because at the end of the day, it's mostly a, in my opinion, a 50-50 prospect of face-offs, right? Like sometimes I'll give you one team, I'll, I'll outdraw the other, you know, by five or six or something like that. Fair enough. But in this game, it's like 2019 going into the third. And um, they've had, you know, one more face-off one than – Uh, than Montreal. Meanwhile, I've sat there for 20 minutes watching face-offs. I mean, honestly. The game – now, tell me I'm wrong. So, the game is supposed to be over in – it's supposed to be over in 10 minutes, right? And it's not going to be over for at least a half an hour, right? At least. The the third period just started, right? So, the reason why it's taken so long is not because it's a great game – it's because of all the penalties and all the face-offs that take forever. Everything takes forever. And then they review everything. They review everything now. And then the refs stand around talking to each other. I mean, they might as well start making out with one another. It takes a long to get anything done in the NHL. It really is a joke. It makes me sick to my stomach. It's all in a minute. For on a bench. I mean, honestly, I can't even watch the Penguin game because um, I get so mad. I mean, honestly, 34C yelled earlier that uh, I'm going to have a heart attack because I yell like you have no idea. You have no idea. You've never heard me yell like you hear me on the radio for all these years. People hear me, you know, having rants and snapping and yelling and screaming and going off on people and stuff like that. But the reality of it is, is that I, it's somewhat controlled uh, anger on the radio, right? Like Mafia knows it's true. Mafia, you've been in my house before during a, like a Steeler AFC title game or something with you or a, or a Penguin. Stanley Cup playoff game you've been in the room with me where like even at serious when there were no rules when you saw me watching hockey and there were no rules no censorship what was I like watching a hockey game
3: oh you're just an animal I mean especially I've been there at times when you were still drinking and we you know both get a good buzz by the time the four o'clock game rolls around like Steelers you know against New England or something like that and they're losing and you're just absolutely losing your mind because you at that point are just hammered and pissed, and it's just not a good day for anybody.
1: Yeah, and I honestly, I watched the game tonight when they when they had the five on three for 26 seconds and couldn't even get a uh, they couldn't even get the puck in the zone, and they turned it over like seven times on they you know they had five power plays and they had at least seven blatant passing turnovers on the five power plays. And then the 5-on-3, they never even got the puck in the zone once, not even once. They won the draw and it passed it and it got knocked out and they never got it back in the zone in 26 seconds. And I was cussing and yelling and screaming so badly that my dog was crying. And my dog's 125-pound monster crying, hiding under a table. And then 34-C yelled, you're going to have a heart attack. And I, I mean, I was yelling like Bob Knight. I mean, like you have no idea. There is no coach in the history of the NFL, not one ever, never, not even close, could even compare with how much I can yell and cuss and throw a fit. And I mean, I lose my shack. I mean, I am screaming and cussing and yelling at the TV. And I got like a, you know, the whole deal going. I got the giant TV going. I got the whole, I got, it sounds like you're at a Metallica concert watching a hockey game in my house. And uh, I'm cussing like you have no idea. It's just, I can't even watch the game right now because I'll cuss on the air. I can't even watch the game right now because I will cuss on the air as sure as I'm sitting here. Because I can't watch them. They suck so bad. I can't even watch this team play anymore because they suck so bad. That's how bad they suck. I'm almost ready to quit rooting for them they suck so bad. I mean, they can't do anything right. Nothing. And I'm just sitting there watching them, and I'm I'm ready to have a conniption. I mean, look at my face. If you're watching on YouTube right now, I'm turning purple just even talking about them. Uh, Rick Harrow is our sports business and legal insider on uh, Perel on the Bench and on uh, Sports Grid on Coast to Coast, our afternoon TV show. At, uh, Can I ask you a question before you start? Aren't the Penguins or- up one nothing? Aren't they up one nothing? Yeah, they are up one nothing. But they have. So what are you? What are you scored... complaining about? What's wrong? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? Did you watch? <laughs> are you watching the game? Are you watching the I'm
4: game? I'm watching eight things. I- I'm watching the Cubs. I'm watching the Lakers. I'm watching the Penguins, so I know they should be up four nothing, right, or five nothing, because that's the only reason you should be mad.
1: But well, be, I don't know about that. Full, man. I don't know about that, but half half they should at least be up two nothing. I mean, they have had thirty shots and not, but I swear to God, on the power play, they've had five power plays, and literally, I mean, if anyone can show me a shot on the power play, a shot on goal, not a shot that was 17 feet high or 12 feet wide, or, you know, there was not one shot on net that was good at the entire game, not one shot. And I just, they turned the puck over so many times on the power play with crappy, lazy, absolute inept, play, like that's so inept, I guarantee you there's no one that has the stones in that locker after the game or in that press conference to say to Sullivan, your power play is ass and your players are going through the motions and they are lazy and don't do anything right at all, and that includes Crosby, Malkin and all of them, Hornquist, all of them. There isn't one guy, Gensel Rust, none of them, Sherry, not one guy doing anything right, Latang, not one of them they all suck I've never seen them play this bad they're uh, I have never in my life the team that has won three Stanley Cups this team they're finished they can't do anything right they can't even make a pass through the neutral zone to move the puck into the zone can't even do that right if you're watching that game you know I'm right you can't even argue it I can't argue with you It's uh, but um, uh, my, my uh...
4: My interests are diverted because the Cubs are about to win their seventh in a row, I think it is, or sixth in a row.
1: I know you don't care about that, but I do. Well, I said on the show today, in case you uh, missed it, but uh, I said on the show, because not on your segment, but I said that the Cubs and Yankees right now are the two best teams in baseball. Well, they have
4: the best pitching, and other than Bryant, they have the best offense. The bullpen sucks, but that's okay for now, and I would tend to agree with you. Uh, and so it'll be a very interesting season, especially because nobody
1: expected the Cubs to be as good as they are now, and they're about to be eight and two. I'm not sure uh, about that. I, there are a lot of people, including the sports books, that had the uh, Cubs winning a lot of games. So I know that even Carver High picked them as his favorite over in wins, and that he felt. He said that, uh, and Mafio backed me up. He said he thinks they'll win the Central going away and that they'll be uh, in the playoffs in the uh, NLCS without a doubt. So I think the Dodgers and Cubs are the teams that you got to worry about. And then I think there's all kinds of interesting teams that are doing things like Colorado and San Diego are fun. And it's a question, can they do it for, you know, 50 more games, uh, what they're doing now? And I, I have my reservations about that. But uh, of those two teams, the Rockies and the Padres, I actually think that the Padres um, have a little bit, in my opinion, more talent than the Rockies. And the Cardinals might be might be coveted out. I mean, can you even believe it? Now, how about explain this to me? Uh, explain to me the president of that team going on record, blaming the media for, he didn't like the reporting of his team going to casinos. And uh, he didn't like the reporting of, uh, you know, blaming people for uh, going out and breaking protocols and going out and, you know, going with teammates and others to do things uh, outside of the hotel and getting clothes, going to meet people for a meal or whatever at a friend's house or whatever. You heard all these uh, things that they've uh, pinned on the Cardinals, but the guy, the president of the team, he actually went on record blaming the media for his team And their ineptitude and the fact that they went out and did it like, you know what? It's so funny when these explain to me, Rick, how is it that some president, some big shot president making two, three million a year as the president of the Cardinals, maybe more money goes around blaming the media when his own team, his own players are the ones out getting COVID and spreading it around like wildfire. Well, I'll tell you what about the COVID bad actors, let's call
4: it the two teams with the most tests are the ones that seem to have been out and about more than anybody else. And I don't know if that's necessarily true. There might be more. There might be less. But if I'm Rob Manfred and I make a statement saying the season's on the edge and then I look at what's happening with the NHL and the NBA and how they're proud of these zero tests positive, it's like a badge of honor for the players. And listen, if the badge of honor of NBA players is to stay in, (laughs) you know that there's something really, really strange about this season. So the NBA players have gotten it. The hockey players, it's easy to do. You'd expect that. But the baseball players seem to need another lesson.
1: So uh, I'd say the best story today on the 15 was the story about the Pac-12 and these kids trying to form a union, basically, and they want uh, money and they want insurance and they went all these things. Uh, and, and then the coach, uh, Rolovich at, at, at Pullman at Washington State, threatening student athletes, his own team, his own players, threatening them and throwing kids off the team because they uh, implied that they were supportive of this group. Uh, of protesters in the conference. Uh, what kind of a moron move is the new head coach making a name for himself by getting the job, and in five minutes he's threatening his own players? I don't care what anybody says. That guy is an idiot. Well, I, I will I
4: will say he's not exactly the best consensus builder of all time. You know, uh, UCLA originally about a month and a half ago started to talk a little bit about how Chip Kelly didn't have the COVID protection interests of the UCLA players at heart, yet uh, it seems to have died down a little bit, and it's all about the university's uh, uh, way to respond to all of that. At Washington State, it's it's one of those deals where he's uh, you know probably said the wrong thing, probably wish he didn't say it. Uh, that kind of school needs a dynamic coach to bring people together. Uh, you know, just take a look at. Uh, at, uh, you know, the guys who have been there before. It's an outpost, and you don't win friends by saying that stuff. Guaranteed, you don't win friends by saying that stuff.
1: Yeah, I think that um, he's off to a terrible start at a place that never wins anyway. They didn't even win. I mean, the best they've ever done is Mike Leach, and that guy, Rolovich, he'll never do what Mike Leach did, and he's off to a terrible start. We'll come back and go through the tech and the power of Sports 5 on a bench. Oh, God. I can't even take it. I can't even take it. I'm going to have a heart attack. I can't even take it. I'm watching this game now. It's probably the worst thing I could ever do in my life. I can't even take it. Now, skate, you got a two-on-one now to see if you screw this up, too. Score! That only took all night, you sissy! That only took all night, you finally stick it in! Have a sandwich, you fam! Get him a beer! Recaro is our sports, business, and legal insider on Sports Grid <laughs> and Sports Grid Radio. That only took all day, Bluger. Go get a drink. Oh my God!
4: Hey, hey not by the way, not nice call. That was the most depressing uh, goal call I've ever heard you make. And you called Thrasher's games, which means you were depressed a lot.
1: Sherry over to Bluger for the finish. I love it. That only took all night. Finally, beat Price like a rented mule. Price, they can't score on Price to save their ass. All right, um, uh, here we go. Uh, technology in the NHL bubble. What do you think of the job that they're doing in Edmonton and Toronto, Rick?
4: I love it. Do you do you notice the lack of crowds? I, I certainly don't. You know, 32 cameras in each arena, 12 more than usual for a national broadcast. For both NBC and Sportsnet. And the bottom line is they've got multiple microphones, uh, multiple horns, multiple fan chants, multiple music. And Gary Bettman is the guy that drove this by saying we need energy in the arena. We need basically people to forget the fact that there are no fans. I guess if you really concentrate, like I'm watching right now for the first time since we're talking about this, and yeah, I don't see a lot of fans, but. It's a wide shot, so you gotta watch the rink most of the time, anyway. And I think by a week or two from now, fans in the NHL bubble will be a non-story.
1: Well, I think that it's obvious that uh, for me, that, that you know, if you're on the road and a and a crowd gets going, like if these games, like hypothetically, let's say they were in um, Montreal and they were up and they, you know, uh, two nothing on the Penguins, that place would have been, uh, at the Bell Center, they would have been going ballistic. And then uh, you you can take a team like the Penguins right out of the game uh, with a crowd, and you cannot do that in uh, Edmonton and Toronto with no fans there. This is pure hockey with fake noise. That's what it is, it's pure hockey. We're still seeing great hockey, the same hockey you would see in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs at either arena, Home or away, it's the same hockey. The problem is, is there's the 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 fan noise is fake, so it's they're just piping it in. And and I do notice because if it was a real atmosphere, like it would be so rowdy that you'd be losing your mind, and it, it could affect the team that's losing. You know, it could affect the road team. Uh, it,
4: Fair, it but does. also also, um, I was watching a couple of the uh, the fights in the first couple of periods. Uh, the, these guys are going at it, right? I mean, they're not going through the motions either. I know Montreal and Pittsburgh don't like each other anyway, but it's 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 kind of an interesting dynamic that uh, because of COVID you're not supposed to fight. Well, you know, tell that tell that to these guys. It's it's beyond chippy, which which is which is good, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's been chippy, not as chippy as Ferrell, uh, Peg, and Calgary. That's been uh, downright dirty, dirty cheap shots and and hits. And, uh, you know, these things build uh, in terms of momentum, they'll, you know, they'll start uh, increasing per game, the number of, uh, you know, violent acts after the whistle and scrums and sticks and slashes and things of this nature cross checks. But I think that, you know, the longer you go uh, in a series, the more dangerous it is for you to, um, you know, take those penalties because you'll end up costing your team the game. They score Yeah, but I think a lot
4: of pent-up frustration, up. pent-up emotion. It's, it's you know, cold. these guys have been sitting on their uh, their ass for three months.
1: The Penguins just gave up a goal with two minutes left. They can't live with prosperity at all. Uh, it's 2-1 now. It's another one-goal game, and there's still two minutes left in the game. They couldn't uh, live with their success, so they got to find a way to screw this game up. So, um, in Orlando, uh, Twitter helps basketball fans pop the NBA bubble. What do you mean by that?
4: Well, I'm watching the NBA game, too, with the Lakers and LeBron and Utah, and Twitter is now helping the NBA bring content into uh, the uh, arena from season ticket holders and others who want to be part of the game, but they can't get in. So they've got this tap-to-cheer function on a device. They've got a big screen of fans. Where you see it right in their face, and fans can cheer at home and then push a button, and they're on a big grid where the players and the fans can see, or the players can see the fans uh, at home. So the bottom line is that the NBA is working uh, to do some things at Disney to make sure that the fans who are at home feel like they're at the game, which is important because these are season ticket holders who are a bit frustrated because they're seeing their home games, but they can't get in.
1: So brand partnership also boosts the NBA fan experience away from Orlando.
4: Yeah, well, listen, it's a 17-foot, as I just said, video board surrounding the court at NBA games. Uh, The fan antics will be making sounds similar to the sneaker squeaks, but also cheers. Players are able to see some of the fans' actions and Recreating some sense of energy generated by a live crowd, so they're actually pumping in live crowd music made uh, and live crowd chants made uh, by fans at home, Uh, which is uh, again, uh, we're going to figure this all out over the next couple of months. And the NBA is trying pretty hard.
1: What is the uh, $19, uh, you know, passport uh, health system? It's like, uh, what is that all about for social distancing? Yeah,
4: that. By the way, that hasn't gotten enough press. Uh, nationally. Uh, we're busy putting blame on how far the virus has spread, but this is kind of a cool thing. Um, for 19 bucks, it may be the key to ending social distancing and other entertainment venue problems. It's called the Secure Health Digital Passport System. It's, oh, it's in the UK, and uh, the test uh, is uh, sent to spectators Days immediately prior to attending event. And if the test is negative, the unique digital passport would be scanned, verified, and approved by venue officials. The technology verifies a person's identity from their official passport document, which has been uploaded and then compares to a person's identity using facial recognition. The tests are 97.5% accurate and test for early-stage, acute-stage and uh, post-stage infection, the antibody stuff. And so, The company is called V-Health Passport, and let's just hope it works. You know, we don't know if it works or not yet because this is from a press release, but let's just hope this kind of stuff works.
1: It's like a – this is like a movie. This stuff is like sci-fi, you know, uh, 2190. Like, what is going on? Like, this has become so unbelievable. It's like you can't even make this stuff up.
4: Well, and this is one of many, many, many things – that are going to be like first to market, just like the vaccine first to market. The first thing that tests you quickly in a mass spectator opportunity, that's going to reverse the perception that 72%, according to recent surveys uh, of people surveyed, saying we're not going to a game until there's a vaccine. Well, if you have something like this and you have social distancing, it may make it easier to lure fans back into the stadium.
1: So the Raiders aren't going to allow any fans in the new stadium for the whole season. Why aren't other teams finally just going to admit they can't have fans?
4: Well, they will. But it just depends on how long it takes them to admit that. And, you know, uh, teams in, in, in hot zones, like here in Miami, uh, Steve Ross is holding on to the hope that you're going to have fans in the stadium. It's just you got to keep your fans engaged for as long as you can. And I don't think at this point there's any harm in trying to hold out hope and keeping the stadium safe. If the health officials say it's stupid, don't try it, Steve will be the first one to say, you know, you're right, we can't have fans in the stadium. But until now, we don't start until September 10. So I wouldn't be in a rush to make a decision.
1: Tell me about this kid, Brandon Nakashima, the tennis player from San Diego.
4: Well, apparently he's breaking through, and he did it at the World Team Tennis stuff, which usually doesn't really matter. But... Nakashima Institute, a program with FILA that gave away shoes to urgent care physicians and nurses at Sorrento Valley Hospital near his home. And it was a hit. He reached the quarterfinals of Delray Beach Open, and he's part of the WTT championship teams. But the kid came up with this idea himself, and it's a great way to wrap stuff around coronavirus frontliner equipment just to make sure that they've got. All the stuff they need.
1: Gensel with the empty netter to finish off the Canadians 3 uh, 1 Pittsburgh as he breaks in and backhands it into the net, and that'll be all she wrote. That series is one. Right, are, uh, are you happy? No. Are you happy? Fla- no. <laughs> Power plays. A mess. What does it
4: take to make you happy? What does it take to make. Did they cover?
1: Uh, yeah, they covered and they also uh, I need them to win a six Stanley Cup that'll make me happy. The flyers well, are, but you can't uh, do
4: it, it in one night go. and they covered and they won. so you know just go go uh, go have a coke. So flyers are giving away free ads now because they're playing such great hockey beating the Bruins. No, well, you know, you don't have to play great hockey these days to beat the Bruins. What's happening in the Boston sports scene? But that's another story. They're giving out half a million dollars of free advertising to small businesses harmed by the coronavirus pandemic, five packages at 100 grand each. They have to prove they've been directly impacted by COVID-19. It's like the government, you know, you're giving out money. But the deal is that they're saying... This is important to us because we're propping up businesses around Philadelphia, and it's kind of a novel idea because it's not just giving tickets or skates or sweaters, but it's advertising packages and they can use it during the NHL playoffs this season and next season. So uh, kudos to the Flyers.
1: What is uh, uh, Ursay doing, giving away, uh, like, I know a lot of uh, trivia gift cards for food and stuff in Indianapolis. All these restaurants are giving away food during the pandemic.
4: Yeah, and what he's doing is he's kind of tying it to contests to uh, glorify the history of the Colts, talking about uh, who won what games when Uh, they do uh, little cash prizes to support small businesses. And it would make a difference to small business. Uh, this is an idea that Jim Mersey came up with. And, of course, Indianapolis, basically a small town, but a, um, a, a heartfelt small town, a very charitable small town. And, and again, Jim Mersey is doing his part.
1: So uh, LeBron's uh, more than a vote is already making an impact?
4: Yes. Yeah, so, listen, Atlanta, Charlotte, Detroit, Sacramento, polling locations for the November elections, the arenas in those places and so there's a bipartisan advisory committee of current and former election administrators to guide future initiatives so he's doing the right thing he's saying i'm going to make sure that i do what i can to make the voting process as safe as it can be and people who are on that committee include patrick mahomes who is now a new owner of the kansas city royals by the way draymond green allison felix so LeBron's doing it right.
1: All right, uh, 30 seconds. What's Nielsen doing with their promoting racial equity in sports study? A lot of people, 7 and 10, are uh, supportive of Black Lives Matter.
4: Cool way to end, my friend. 7 and 10, basically 72% of the sports fans believe athletes are an important influence on Black Lives Matter. 70% indicate teams and leagues should support athlete protests and initiatives on race, and 77% say it's the most powerful way to make a point. So it's a great thing.
1: All right, Rick. Great stuff. Uh, we'll see you again next week on Sports Grid and Sports Grid Radio.
4: All right, man. See you. See you then. Take it easy.
1: You're the man. There he is, Rick Haro, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously rooting against my Penguins. A lot of good that did him. Edmonton up two nothing on Chicago early. All right, you can go into the uh, chat room for Pharrell and the Bench on uh, YouTube, Sports Grid Radio, click it, Pharrell and the Bench, boom, you're in chat room, and uh, the church is up and running. It's all good. Uh, don't forget, uh, Coast to Coast is on every uh, day at uh, 4 Eastern and 1 West Coast, right? So that's the TV side. Let's we'll see you on there tomorrow. Lakers and Jazz tied at 71s, unless I'm mistaken, which I could very well be, but I think it is still 71s. Uh, just under four minutes left in the third. The Raptors beat the Heat today and covered. Uh, it was 107-103. Nuggets in overtime beat the Thunder 121-113. Look, I think the um, – Thunder are better than anyone gives them credit for. I think they're I think they're decent. Uh, I like some of their pieces. I love Adams. Gallinari can play. Obviously Paul still has game. He gets it done, man. That guy makes plays happen left and right. He can score and he can dish like nobody's business still without a doubt. And um you know, I I just wanted to look at their at, at their box today. Gallinari had 20. Paul had 23 and eight dimes. Like I said, he fouled out, though. Shea Gilgis-Alexander had 24. He's a badass. So uh, I think that team's a lot better than anybody gives him credit for. Obviously, uh, Michael Porter Jr. had 37, and, no- and Joker had 30, and that's lights out. Millsap, 17. Morris, 17. And then uh, they're not going to lose. But they were in the game. They were down one with, like, I don't know, 10 seconds left. Somehow they got it to overtime. Pacers by 11 over the Wizards. Sixers on a shake Milton three to win it. And the Pelicans by 10 over the Grizzlies.